You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, and welcome to the Big Blue Big Board Podcast. I am Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Chris Flum. Chris, how you doing today? Uh, you know, not bad. Nice day out, talking some draft. We don't have any guests today, though. We don't. It's been a while, just the, the two of us talking. We're, uh, we're going to try to do something a little different here, because we've just been talking a lot of straight up draft prospects for for a very long time if you guys have been listening since we started talking about draft prospects back in like november this this has been quite a long time so we're we're getting closer to the draft here but just trying to figure out different ways to relay some of this information and kind of wondering what the giants are going to do so we today are going to do a positional draft so how that's going to work is we're going to take turns drafting positions we think the Giants are going to select in the upcoming draft. We're going to record the results, or we're going to get points for our picks. So if the position we pick gets picked in the first round, we'll get seven points. If it's picked in the second round, we'll get six points. Uh, and then going down to the seventh round, it's one point. So this is just going to kind of try to be a different way to... We'll try to figure out what the Giants are going to do in this upcoming draft. So, uh, you ready to do this, Chris? Yeah. All right. So, I got the first pick before we recorded. So, I am going to take the first position. Basically, what I feel like the Giants are going to draft probably often and early. And I'm going to take Edge with the first pick. I'm not sure if they go there at six. It sounds like that's probably where they're going to go unless someone like Quinn and Williams or maybe even like Ed Oliver falls there. But it, it seems likely one of the Giants' first round picks is going to be Edge. So I feel pretty good in getting some points there. Yeah, that's that was pretty much exactly what I thought you were going to do because it just makes too much sense. They don't have a proven edge rusher on the roster and this is a fantastic edge rushing class dave gettleman loves to draft by value and according to his board and it is incredibly likely that at multiple picks they will have an edge rusher at the top of their board so that makes absolute sense yeah, to me, it seems like an, if it doesn't end up happening in the first round, then they probably pick multiples later in the draft, and that's probably going to help with some points there. I think at least one edge and, and possibly two, at least, are going to come out of this draft, especially when the Giants have 12 picks. Whether they'll use all 12 or not, 
it seems Edge, when we look at, at this depth chart right now that the Giants have, there's a lot of needs, but that outside linebacker Edge it definitely continues to be the biggest one. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I am pretty much counting on them doubling down and drafting two edge rushers. One early, maybe at six overall, Montez Sweat or Brian Burns, and then maybe circling back again at either with their third round pick or with one of their fourth round picks and maybe getting a guy like Benogu or uh, Christian Williams out of Alabama. I fear one of those guys is probably going to be a giant as well as one of the top guys. Yeah, it, it does seem that way. So, uh, Chris, why don't we get to your first round pick? I am going to go with the interior defensive line. Okay, I had them second on my board as well. Yeah, just number one, the Giants really only have B.J. Hill and... Dalvin Tomlinson as their proven defensive tackles, interior defensive linemen, however you want to, however you want to describe the position. They do have RJ McIntosh and he, I I think he showed enough to be interesting last year, but he's still definitely a question mark. Other than that, they've got a a lot of guys and Olsen Pierre did have a good season with James Betcher, but again, that's, I'm not sure how much you can, how strongly you can count on that. Also, Dave Gettleman loves drafting defensive tackles. He drafts them again and again and again. You know, he drafted B.J. Hill last year. He drafted three in two years with the Carolina Panthers. He loves drafting defensive tackles, and there are a lot of really good ones in this draft. So that seems like both a high priority, a high probability that they're going to be BPA, and maybe even a high incidence of the picks are going to be DTs. So this feels like a fairly safe pick for me. Yeah, I think so. I I had them second on my board as well. And like you said, it's, it's a position where Gettleman has not been afraid to draft often. Just last year, uh, it took two interior defensive lineman with BJ Hill and RJ McIntosh uh, so he's already doubled up there it is a position he hit heavy when he was in Carolina and you could also be looking at the the high upside of the potentially someone being sixth overall and say someone like Quinn and Williams does somehow drop and maybe there is a craze going up for quarterbacks to jump the Giants there uh, and someone like Quinnen Williams does fall if Quinnen Williams is at six I don't think there's any way Dave Gettleman allows him to be available at seven I think he he runs that pick up I think it might be arguable that it's the same can be said for Ed Oliver there just might be that athleticism, that production there at that position. I think that continues to be a position that Gettleman loves. Uh, so I think it's another one where there's the potential to be highly drafted and the potential to be a high volume of players selected at that position also. I think we've, we've seen, they've talked about how much they want a steady rotation of players along the defensive line. Uh, so so I could see that hit early and often also. Oh, definitely. And also with the 17th pick, 
could see one of the Clemson defensive tackles taken, uh, Christian Wilkins or Dexter Lawrence. Although, you know, for those of us who heard our podcast with Canal, you know, we, we have our thoughts on Dexter Lawrence being drafted by the Giants in the first round. But you know, just given Gettleman's history with the position and the fact that the Giants absolutely definitely have a type when it comes to defensive tackles, which they love athletic nose tackles, and that is Dexter Lawrence. Could also see somebody like Jerry Tillery or, uh, well, I don't know. Would we consider Zach Allen a defensive tackle? Because I do have him listed, or I do have him as an interior defensive lineman, but he plays as a defensive end for Boston College. Yeah, so I guess I do consider him interior also. I don't think he could stay as an edge for the Giants. Yeah, probably not. I mean, he is a player I like a lot and could be a Giants target. If he is the pick, we will uh, we'll we'll try to figure out who <laughs> who he counts for. Yeah, and again, maybe down in the draft, have a player like uh, John Kaminsky out of Charleston. He's another guy who had a ridiculously good combine, and he could be a guy who could really fit well in that five technique, three technique role. So that could also play into the volume of picks there. Yeah, absolutely. And he's a he's a very interesting prospect. Uh, go back in the archives uh, of this podcast if you haven't listened to Ed's interview with him. I think it was a little after the Senior Bowl. Really interesting listen. It, it, in, interesting player and, and could be a, you know, day two, day three type of pick. So I think we've, we've established that it's probably going to go heavy on defensive line in this draft if not early quite often so we'll go to the second round now I will take my first pick in the second round and I'm going to go with offensive tackle right now the Giants still have Chad Wheeler as the starting right tackle uh, there's you know been some rumored interest in Mike Remmers he came for a visit but it seems like there's nothing really happening there the Giants might just be waiting to see what's in the draft I would not be surprised if the 17th overall pick was a tackle I wouldn't be surprised if the 37th overall pick was a tackle uh, the Giants probably do need some help at right tackle, at least someone to compete with Chad Wheeler during you know training camp and the preseason to be the starter there. I don't think you want Chad Wheeler uh, given the the chance to be right tackle. He did struggle uh, quite a bit. So I I think it tackle is is a probably early option also. Yeah, and it really should be like you said. You you definitely do not want a hand. Chad Wheeler, the starting right tackle job. He honestly was a liability for them. He struggles to deal with power and with speed. There's That's not a really great combination. So, yeah. Um, hmm. Now for my pick in the second round. Oh. Hmm. See, I am torn here. I am going to go with cornerback. Okay. 
even if the fact that they haven't already or the fact that they've already selected Sam Beal doesn't give me points going in, although I, I maybe I could argue that that it, that was a draft pick spent on a cornerback. So no, we're going to do only <laughs> only selected picks during the draft. Drat. But still, uh, Dave Gettleman might not value the secondary highly, at least historically. I believe he has only drafted cornerbacks highly once, and that was back in 2016 after letting Josh Norman go. But he does have a tendency to select defensive backs often. Usually in with day three picks, either hoping that in these uh, zone-based scheme in Carolina, guys who don't have elite measurables can pan out, you know, working with instincts and reading quarterbacks' eyes and also having Luke Keekley there. But also those guys are helpful on special teams. You know, they're generally athletic. You know, it's tough to be a defensive back and not be athletic. They're used to tackling. So even if this isn't a position that is drafted highly, I'm going to bet on it being a high-volume position. Yeah, so a corner was sixth on my board for for the reasons you said. I think I think they definitely take a corner if you look at the corner depth chart right now. I mean, Janoris Jenkins, Sam Beal, and Grant Haley are the starting three. You have Jenkins, who's really only had the one good season in 2016, 2017, and 2018 were very different from that 2016 season. You have Sam Beal, who's penciled in as a starter on the outside. As much as both of us have said we do like Sam Beal, I wouldn't be comfortable just handing him this starting number two corner role. Grant Haley, we also like uh, quite a bit, but just throwing him in again as the starting nickel to start the year, he had some good and had some bad last year. And then behind them, you just have pretty much Tony Lippett. Yeah, who I also like as a player. I think he also might be the third best wide receiver on the roster. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I I do see them coming out somewhere with a corner, whether it's, I think like in that day three range, like the fourth, fifth round is, is probably the sweet spot to get some of those, you know, athletic developmental guys that you could probably work in. So yeah, I I see that as an option. Absolutely. And where the Giants have their most picks is where I start to like the most, find the most value at the position. With uh, guys like the Kentucky Corners or Isaiah Johnson out of Houston, there are quite a few, like, especially converted wide receivers who have the length and athleticism the Giants like in defensive backs who should probably be going in the fourth or fifth round. Yeah, Jamel Dean is a guy I like a lot. He might be more of a, a, a third rounder uh, than you have 
some other guys, Derek Thomas or Justin Lane, these guys are all, you know, super athletic guys. You know, maybe they even go in in this second round. It's certainly possible. I think this secondary does need uh, a lot of work. And, you know, it's something I said late last, actually during the season, and then I really wrote about it late in the season, of how much the Giants' secondary really let down their pass rush because the secondary could not hold up to allow the pressure that was getting to the quarterback to actually make a difference because there was usually someone open for the quarterback to throw to. So if the Giants are not going to have a good pass rush again, and again, last year they they got pressure. They just didn't get sacks. Those are two different things. You can still have a good pass rush without sacks. I wonder how often they're going to get pressure this year. Um, and if they're not going to get pressure as often, that secondary needs to be really good in order for opposing quarterbacks to not throw all over the place. So I, I think the corner is going to be really important. And right now they, they don't have the pieces there. Uh, so I the corner is is definitely a, a position the Giants should be looking at. Yeah, so why don't we go on to the third round now? Yeah, we'll go there. So I'll take the position that probably should be taken, but we're not totally sure how they view this. And I'm just I'm gonna go with quarterback. I have quarterback fourth on my board. I think it's because I'm I'm not sold that they take one in the first round. If they don't take a quarterback at six. I don't think they should take one at 17. If you if you like a quarterback, then he should be worthy of the number six overall pick. And I don't want to hear that you want to get one of the elite defenders and then get a quarterback because quarterback should take precedent over that. And if you like a quarterback, he should be worth the six overall pick. If you are grading one of these defensive players over a quarterback that you like, then you don't really like the quarterback that much. And just hoping this guy falls to 17 doesn't make a lot of sense to me. You either like this guy or or you don't. Um, so that's how I view the quarterbacks and how a team should go about it. So I'm not sold that they're going to take Haskins at six. And then it, I'm not sold they should... Well, absolutely not sold that they should take you know, someone like Locke or or Daniel Jones at 17. But I think they'll come out of this draft with a quarterback, regardless whether that's another fourth or fifth round flyer they take because they have all of those fourth and fifth round picks. So I'm not sold that they go early, but I do believe they take one though I'm not totally sure where that would be. Yeah, if they pass on a quarterback early again, I could definitely see them taking another scratch off in the form of a guy like uh, Britt Ripien or even Tyree Jackson. I could see him really intriguing this team because he is a phenomenal athlete. So that'll get the scouts excited. He's got size for days which we know dave gettleman will like and just all those raw tools a coach like pat Shermer could look at him and say you know what i can work with that i think i can i'm confident enough in my abilities that i think i can make that into something i don't disagree that they would think that i i hope they wouldn't be counting on it but (laughs) yeah 
Tyree Jackson is an interesting case because he is he's gigantic, he's athletic, but he cannot throw an accurate football. Now I'm looking at I have uh, Sports Info Solutions on target rates and I have them for any throw past the line of scrimmage and among the 14 quarterbacks I have here Tyree Jackson ranks 14th in on-target percentage. Uh, that is below Jared Stidham and Trace McSorley. Uh, Tyree Jackson threw an accurate ball past the line of scrimmage on 65.1% of his throws. Guys who we say are fairly inaccurate, like Drew Locke and Daniel Jones, they were at 73.5% and 73%. You have the guys at the top, like Will Greer at 80%, Kyler Murray at 78.1%, Dwayne Haskins at 77.3%. You have Tyree Jackson all the way down at 65.1%. So again, like I said in, in our last episode, the quarterback accuracy is, I think, such an important part that you cannot really teach. So when people are saying that Tyree Jackson is like a a good developmental prospect, I just I'm not sure how realistic that is because he's so inaccurate that it, it's going to be so hard for that to be fixed. Yeah, they would basically have to take him and rebuild his mechanics from the ground up, and he would have to be willing to take the coaching, to break everything down, and put in just a ton of work. I I don't know that you could say it's impossible, but very, very improbable. But if he's there in the fifth round or fourth round and they've got all of those picks, I, I could see them pulling the trigger. Yeah, and then taking a quarterback there does not disqualify you from taking a quarterback in 2020 if that is the main goal. I think you know taking a Jones or a Locke at 17 probably does because you already have that draft capital invested in them, and you're probably not giving up on on a first round pick like that. I could also see you know Will Greer at 37. I would be a proponent of. Um, then you could see maybe someone like Brett Rippin in maybe like the the third or fourth. That's really all I would be okay with. But I, I can see the Giants coming away with some quarterback, even if they don't go early. So Chris, uh, let's go to what you are going to take uh, with your pick in the third round. I am going to go with wide receiver. This is a draft class with some big wideouts, and we know. Dave Gettleman likes big wide receivers. Also, the Giants are a team with basically nothing but question marks in their passing game. They have Sterling Shepard, who we know is good, but we know he's a good number two. Can he be a good number one and actually give them production this year and reason to keep him after his rookie contract runs out, or will they let another second-round pick walk? Golden Tate has been good in run-after-catch situations, but according to Football Outsiders, he wasn't just bad in Philly. He had started to decline when he was still with Detroit and finished the season as the second-worst receiver in the league, at least by their metrics. Was that just an outlier or was that the beginning of an actual decline and basically a slide into the end of his career after those guys they've got cody latimer who is okay i guess Corey coleman who's really bet really best as a kick returner 
and Benny Fowler, who is okay, I guess. He, he's there. He can catch the ball on occasion when it's thrown to him. Especially without Odell there anymore, the depth of their wide receiver group is just scary, and they have none after this year. So I think between the fact that this is a really interesting and talented wide receiver class, you know, just before we recorded, your guy J.J. Arcega-Whiteside ran a four four nine in his pro day, which for his size is good. But then you've got guys like A.J. Brown or Debo Samuel and just a whole bunch of really interesting wideouts, even going past D.K. Metcalf, which who knows, maybe maybe Gettleman fell in love with him at the Combine and we haven't found out yet. Yeah, so the, the wide receiver was, was fifth on my board. That would have been my next pick. I think they absolutely come away with a wide receiver. This is probably more of a of a volume thing also I, I don't think they're going to go with one in the first round but I think as soon as the second maybe uh is where they could go with wide receiver and you look at the depth chart it's Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard who is on the last year of his rookie deal and then a lot to be desired it's basically the same rotation from last year that left a lot to be desired I can certainly see that. And this wide receiver group, while not super, you know, top heavy, there's not the the standout, like flashing future number one guy. There's a lot of depth here and there's a lot of guys to like. Like you said, I do like JJ Arcega Whiteside a lot. I like Emmanuel Hall from Missouri a lot. I like someone like Gary Jennings from West Virginia a lot. So there's there's a lot of different molds of wide receivers that pretty much any team could fit into any scheme so whatever you like there is a receiver in this class for it and since the Giants do need a wide receiver I they're they're definitely going to draft one I could see it probably as early as the second round depending on how things break it might even wind up being in the first round if they decide they like Hakeem Butler he could be in the conversation at 17th overall yeah that's it's possible I think that that's probably a stretch I would think, but but we'll see. Yeah, it's it's certainly a position they are going to draft. I can I can almost guarantee that, and yeah. there will be an effort to get it's some type of impact at that position. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So we will move on to the fourth round here. I I think I'm going to go with a boom or bust position, I think. Uh, I'm going to go with off-ball linebacker. I think at six overall, if Devin White is there, maybe that's the possibility. Right now, he's you know seems to be almost guaranteed to go to Tampa fifth overall. Uh, I'm not sure how they feel about him, but I feel like that might be a possibility if he's on the board. Who knows? And then after him and Devin Bush, who will probably go a little later in the first round... There's a huge gap uh, until the rest of the off-ball linebackers are likely to go. But there is 
there's some interesting prospects there, depending on how you view like a guy like Ben Burkirvin from Washington, um, who was uh, just a tackling machine, uh, was pretty good in coverage, ended up tested, testing pretty well in the combine. Uh, I could see the Giants maybe uh, taking some shots at off-ball linebackers late, and those are guys you could you know play on special teams. I could see them trying to get that position. So this is also probably a little bit more of, of a volume play, but... I think that's a position they probably go to because they have Alec Ogletree and, you know, who knows how much longer he's going to be on the roster. Um, He's, you know, it could be a post-June 1st cut as early as that. We don't know because that's one of the easiest ways for the Giants to free up some cap space. Uh, And then there's... Uh, BJ Goodson, and then there's not a lot of depth at linebacker on the Giants roster. So, I mean, we're, we're saying this for almost every position that the depth chart isn't great, and you can see them uh, targeting that position. But I think linebacker is it, it falls into that category also. Yeah, you know, Dave Gettleman did say that the purpose of free agency was to put you in a position where you didn't need to draft any particular position. Well, I, I suppose they're kind of coming at it from from the other direction, but they don't need to draft any position. They need to draft every position. But speaking to off-ball linebacker, I, I, I agree with you. I do see them taking at least one. Uh, I think I might be higher on Ben Burkirvan and Blake Cashman out of Minnesota than a lot of people are. They both tested actually extremely well. Uh, they're undercover spark monsters. And I don't have them all that far behind the two Devons. Speaking of, uh, Devin Bush might even be in the conversation at 17th overall. I personally wouldn't hate it. Uh, He's very athletic. He's one of these guys who just watching him, it almost looks like he's playing in fast forward compared to just about everybody else on the defense. Yeah, he isn't just fast in shorts. He's fast on the field, which you know, I love to see, especially in a linebacker. Yeah, it still seems like a position of need. Uh, I'm I'm pretty high on Ben Burkirvan. Also, uh, I think the a lot of the other linebackers do leave a little bit to be desired. So it is it, it's a very a boomer bust position. I think you're either taking one of the top two guys, hoping someone like. Kervin works out or you're probably just ignoring the position altogether so this is kind of a I mean it's late in the draft for us here so it's a a swing at a position that might be a big impact or or it might just be ignored altogether yeah at which yeah there's a whole lot of narratives coming in about the Giants ignoring linebackers it I it might be interesting to see the conversation if Dave Gettleman winds up ignoring the linebacker position as well, which they could probably convince themselves that they don't need to based on how Alec Ogletree played against backup quarterbacks in the second half of the season, you know, getting all of those interceptions and returning them for touchdowns. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they've talked themselves into that and, and not really needing an upgrade at linebacker, especially given the upgrades they need at a lot of the other defensive positions. Chris, well, let's get into your fourth round pick. All right. I am going to go for another one of historically Dave Gettleman's favorite positions to draft, the interior offensive line. So yes, the Giants drafted Will Hernandez last year and they have, they spent big to get Kevin Zeitler, which not only does he carry uh, 
10 million dollar cap hit each of the next two years and then i think that goes up to 12 million dollars the final year but they also traded their best and only proven pass rusher to get him the guard positions are set they don't have any depth behind them which is why i think this could be a volume pick but also i've said this before i am just not feeling terribly comfortable with John Halapio and Spencer Pulley at center. Halapio, he is not a terribly athletic center. He has problems using his hands, uh, especially when it comes to run blocking. He has a tendency to run and block with his shoulders. And I believe that there are a few really good centers. This is a really good interior offensive line class. So I think they could come away with an upgrade and there's a decent chance that it, at least one of their picks into your offensive line is going to be the best player available. Yeah, I could see that. So I, I, I this is where I had interior offensive line. Also, uh, there's yeah probably some guard depth, maybe uh, maybe a center. Uh, you could a- absolutely see that. I think there are some guys who could be interesting later in the draft uh, that they would be interested in. It's not something they're they're going to go high, but you absolutely could see them just by trying to get that depth there because again there there is no depth. <laughs> We're saying that again for every position. Uh, there's not a lot of depth. So in in that fifth round going, I, I could absolutely see maybe take a swing on a center if they're there or or taking or just uh, taking some guards just so they're there. I mean, Kevin Zeitler is going to be 30. As much as you know, he it'll be his first year on the Giants. It's not his first year in the league. Uh, no. So having some more depth there and and injuries, they they happen on the offensive line. So stock up some players uh, to just for some insurance, if if nothing else. So we are going to do uh, just five rounds of this. There's you know three main positions left, so we're going to leave one position off. So I'm going to go into the fifth round. And it's hmm, it's interesting where where this is going to go. I think I think I I know which position you're not going to draft. See, I'm not sure. I ha- I have my my I had my big board set up, but now that I'm looking at it, I'm I'm tr- I'm, I'm rethinking it. You know, what? I'm I'm going to take tight end. We're we're looking at Evan Ingram is going to be. Coming up on the end of his rookie deal in two years, Rhett Ellison has a cuttable contract. They did just re-sign Scott Simonson, uh, but not for a lot of money. And this is a pretty athletic and deep tight end class. So I could see them again in that mid-round area, taking a tight end, seeing if maybe there's someone who can pass catch a little bit, who can block a little bit. I think the depth at tight end is there for them to possibly take a swing at that position and, and maybe... You know, have someone who can step in in twelve personnel, and if you know Evan Ingram becomes the basically de facto you know number three wide receiver, use him out in the slot more. Although he was more productive when he was in line because he can be a mismatch there. Also, he especially in the second half of the season, he was more productive when he came back and was playing in line. But I just think that the depth at tight end is there if you have you know 
if you want a guy like maybe Caleb Wilson uh, from UCLA, who great after the catch, you also have guys like uh, Elise Mack from Notre Dame or uh, Drew Sample from Washington. There's a like wide receiver. I think there is enough different types of tight ends that you could find what you're looking for. And it kind of feels like the Giants are going to want to be in that 12 personnel. um, And if you're not going to be, you know, running Rhett Ellison out there on, you know, 100% of the plays, uh, maybe they they add another one there. Yeah, you know, I actually love this pick. I I do think the Giants wind up drafting a tight end at some point. Uh, Personally, I like Dawson Knox and uh, Foster Moreau out of LSU. Uh, Dawson Knox is out of Mississippi. I like both of those guys for the Giants. They really surprised with their athleticism. Knox is just a big lump of clay as a tight end. He was, I'm not sure if he was thought of enough in Ole Miss's offense to be an afterthought. He never caught a touchdown for them, and I think he might have only caught 23 passes in total in college. But he's got size, he's got athleticism, he can block. He, Even though they never threw him the ball, he lined up all over their offense. So he's got that versatility. Moreau, he was primarily a blocking tight end, but he also just really surprised with how athletic he is. And if the Giants are looking for a low-cost and athletic blocking tight end with upside as a receiver, I I think they'll look long and hard at Moreau. And then there's also, again, that 17th pick. There is the possibility that TJ Hawkinson is in the conversation there, especially if they can't get an offensive tackle at a value they like, they could get him and hope that he basically reinforces the right side of their line and basically simulates having a right tackle there with Chad Wheeler. Yeah, that could be the case. And if it's not Hawkinson, you know, guys like Moreau, there are some good players in this draft who can block, who can catch. And I think the Giants are probably going to be looking at a bunch of those. There's, you know, like I said, Drew Sample, uh, Trayvon Wesco from West Virginia. There's there's a lot of guys to like in this class. So I, I could see the Giants taking a swing somewhere on one of these tight ends to add there. Um, so Chris, we have one pick left. Uh, you are between running back and safety. Uh, where are you going to go with this pick? I, I'm drafting safety. I, I would honestly be surprised if the Giants draft a running back at all at any point in this draft. Wayne Gallman is a perfectly good number two. They should probably get him the ball more. I really like Elijah Penny at fullback. I think he's got a lot of versatility and he's a good blocker. And Saquon Barkley has basically been arm wrestled into the position of being their offense. About 11 months ago, we were excited about the possibilities of having Saquon and Odell and Evan Ingram together for three to five years. Well, now it's, unless they drastically change how they use Evan Ingram, it's basically just going to be Saquon. So I don't think they're going to be drafting a running back. Although there are some here I like. But 
like I said a couple rounds ago, Dave Gettleman does like drafting defensive backs, although he does seem to favor cornerbacks over safeties. He does not he doesn't draft safeties high. I believe the highest one he ever drafted was Trey Boston. Yeah, there's not a very long track record of Dave Gettleman valuing safeties. We've seen that a little bit. Cough, cough, Curtis Riley. And that <laughs> and, and with what they were willing or not willing to pay Landon Collins and all of that. So yeah, safety was actually last on my board. I probably would have taken running back ahead of it, but I could see them taking, you know, a, a mid to late round safety. I could also see them taking a mid to late round running back. That would not surprise me really at all. But yeah, I think these two positions are, you know, the the least, I guess, needed on the roster. I could see them looking at Jabril Peppers for how much they've talked him up. Uh, Anton Bethay and Michael Thomas, I could see them thinking they have a decent three safety set there. Whether that's true or not uh, is is yet to be determined. I have said I, I do like Bethay quite a bit, and I think he he can play pretty well. And then you know you have running back where you do have Saquon Barkley, you have Wayne Gallman, who yeah should be put into the offense a little more. I wonder if they will now that they're probably going to rely on Barkley more often. That probably does in a way mean Gallman gets some more snaps to uh lighten the load on Barkley when he probably is carrying the ball more when he's on the field. So I could see them maybe taking taking a late round flyer on on a running back just to add add a third guy to be in that mix. You know, Paul Perkins is still on the roster. He was, you know, on IR all year. He's still uh, technically a giant. So we'll see. There's probably going to be, you know, five or six running backs in camp, whether they're all going to see who's going to be in that rotation there. Um, but yeah, I could also see safety. This is also a group of safeties that is is deep and there's, there's different safeties de- and depending on the scheme. You know, b- before uh, the Peppers trade, I think it, that, that could have been, you know, someone they looked at in the first round that they wouldn't have had the 17th pick uh, without that trade. But, you know, if Peppers wasn't the return and it was something else, you could see someone like maybe uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson as that 17th pick. Uh, you could see them maybe still going with the safety. Uh, I think what we've established here is there's really no set positions on this roster, so we could see the Giants going almost anywhere in this draft and it wouldn't be super surprising yeah about before we went on here about the only place we really agreed they probably almost certainly will not draft is punter and kicker because Aldrich Rosas was really really good last year and surprisingly so was Riley Dixon so they don't even those guys are pretty much they should be locked in and I suppose it's a statement about the state of the roster that their most locked-in positions are running back, kicker, and punter. Oh, and long snapper. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what it is. And upgrades can be found and needed pretty much everywhere else. So let's run through the results of this draft Real quick, so my positions were edge, offensive tackle, quarterback, off-ball linebacker, and tight end. 
to Chris ended up with the interior defensive line, cornerback, wide receiver, interior offensive line, and safety. So we'll see uh, who ends up with uh, the better class. So like we said at the top, if that position gets drafted in the first round, we'll get seven points in the second round, six points and down to one point for getting drafted in the seventh round. And after the draft, we'll come back. We'll share the results. Maybe if we remember um, this, I think it was just a fun exercise to try to get into the mind of the giants, see where the draft value is, where the giants need help on the roster, which is a lot of places. Uh, and uh, just a, a different way of, of trying to think about how they might uh, attack the draft, which I think we need at this point. We are three weeks away. We have been talking about it for, for quite some time. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We're going to end it here. You can find this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Please rate and review if you have not. It does help us out greatly. Follow our work on BigBlueView.com. You can follow Big Blue View on Twitter at Big Blue View. You can follow Big Blue View on Instagram at Big underscore Blue underscore View. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Pizzuta. You can follow Chris on Twitter at Raptor MKII. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you again soon.